What I'm going to share with you today was a game changer for my wife and I on how we dealt with stress, on how we dealt with anxiety. So um, the message today that I believe God wants to share with you, that he wants to speak to your heart, to my heart, is something that's going to build hope and spread hope. And that's what you do when, when you share. I want to ask a question uh, to kick things off for the sermon. We talked about shoes that we put on last week, the shoes of peace. Last week I asked, what were your favorite pair of comfort shoes? But now I'd like to know, growing up as a kid, what were your favorite shoes growing up as a kid? I know for myself, it was like the Reebok pumps. Does anybody remember those little Reebok pumps? And you, I mean, they were super amazing. Um, Jordans, Air Jordans. I don't, I think maybe I've only owned one pair of Air Jordans in my life. Uh, child of the 90s, Doc Martens. Come on, somebody. Like, what was your favorite pair of shoes growing up? And so maybe you're still trying to like, you have some Reebok pumps and you still wear them. I don't know. Um, but I'd like to see uh, what was your favorite. Jason, you just, you just have boots, like cowboy boots, I'm guessing maybe. I don't, I don't know um, if it's that. Um, Lynn says, Tiger Bangkok running shoes. Um, Linda, is that some Chuck Taylor Converse? I'm guessing. Um, Christina, you got some purple jellies. All right. Yeah. Okay. There's some other Converse. Um, Michelle's still going uh, barefoot jelly shoes um, for the for the cowgirls. Flip flops. All right. All right. And Jason, okay. Combat boots. All right. Favorite pair of shoes. Well, we are going through um, the Armor of God series. If you're jumping in with us, we're in Ephesians chapter 6 where he's listing off all of these items. He says, you're soldiers. You are in a battle whether you want it or not, and you better put on the belt of truth. All right, we started with that. Then he said, the breastplate of righteousness. This is how we're going to live our life. I'm going I'm to live righteously. I'm going to live in that direction and go in that direction based on the belt of truth, which that belt was around my core. And then we've, we're spending two weeks talking about the shoes of peace. And so he says right here, let me go ahead and bring it up on the screen here. Ephesians 6, 15, it's a little hard to read there. It says, for shoes, put on peace that comes from the good news. That comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. And let me tell you, he, he's trying to tell you the battle's on. Okay, as a, as a dad of little kids, have you been in that battle where you're trying to tell people, get your shoes on? Like, we're trying to leave. How many times do I got to tell you, put your shoes on, kids? And does any of your kids turn into, like, slugs where they're just like, Gah. like, it takes, it, God's trying to tell you, you want peace in your life. Daddy has some shoes for you to wear. Put them on. Put your shoes on. Some of us, were like, we're like kids. Stop it. All right? Put your shoes on. Put your shoes on. But these shoes, let me tell you something about these shoes. They're not comfort shoes. They're, they're go shoes. Back, let, me sh let me show you this picture. Let me show you this picture. This is um, a, a replica of what the shoes Roman soldiers would have worn. It's called the Caligula. I probably pronounced that wrong. But this is what, and you can see, what, what's kind of some of the identifying marks? Well, it's like half boot, half sandal, all right? But also you notice those cleats on the underside, under, on the, underneath. This was going to provide stability. 
We know already when it said gird your loins that that was actually you're wrapping up your tunic in that belt of truth. So this was we're getting ready to advance, not defense. We're getting ready to take next steps forward. And I need some firm footing. All right. So these aren't your dress shoes. These aren't your your white Air Force Ones and you're hoping no one's going to scuff them. No, we're getting ready to take on some territory. We got to go through some rough terrain. And if you want that peace, if you want that peace, you're going to have to go through some rough terrain. But there's good news, right? We need some good news right now. He says, put on the shoes of peace based on the good news. It comes from, here it is again, here it is again, that peace that comes from the good news. What is the good news? What is it? It's the gospel. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ that he's talking about. Why? Because that's our only hope. He is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the one that that we put our hope in. And some of us, we've settled for some false substitutes. Like you wanted the, the pair of Doc Martens growing up. Oh man, I want the Doc Martens, but they're hundreds of dollars, right? So you got the Payless version, right? It, it, I don't know if there's a, a knockoff brand, a cheap imitation, a false substitute. And, and you know it's not as good. Like you grew up, it wasn't shoes you wanted. You wanted, do you remember the buckle growing up at the mall? The buckle? And you wanted those Massimo jeans. At least that was me. I was like, I want the Massimo jeans from the buckle. I don't want Bugle Boy from Walmart, but you got Bugle Boy. We've been settling for some false substitutes and they don't satisfy. Maybe it's in food. Rita, Rita and I, we get in it with like a low fat, no sugar, non-dairy ice cream. Like, are you kidding me? It tastes like paste. <laughs> so the gospel, it is our hope. When I've asked you guys about what is peace, you're like, it is trusting in God. It is found in him. It's knowing that my circumstances, I'm not going to trust in my circumstances. Those are deceiving. I'm not going to trust in my feelings. That, that, is, that is deceiving. There's, there's so many things that are temporary. The things of this earth are unstable. It is shaky ground. In, J- in Matthew 7, when Jesus talks about bur- building your house on a firm foundation. And why is Jesus? Why, why Jesus? Why is he the way? Why is he the one? Well, quite simply, it's very, it's very simple. Christianity is not based on a feeling. It is based on an event. These guys did not write about Jesus. Mark didn't write about Jesus. Paul didn't write about Jesus. Luke and all these other di- disciples, they didn't write about Jesus um, during his life. They didn't even write about him when, during it, when he died on the cross. They're like, oh, you got to remember this. No, they all scattered. They're like, I don't know the guy. When he rose from the dead, and you can go to his grave today, and he's not there. When he rose from the dead, that's when we got victory. That's when everything changed in a moment's notice, and that's the foundation of our hope. That's the foundation of our peace. It's in the good news that Jesus is alive, that he is who he said he is. He is who he claimed to be. Not only did he talk about it, not only did he teach great things, not only did he heal people, but he also called his shot on dying on the cross for your sin and my sin. He called his shot that he said, I will rise from the dead. And he did it. And so now he has, I got some shoes for you to put on. I got, based on that, you can advance forward. There's nothing you're facing that you can't have victory over. The best is yet to come. That's what we say here a lot. 
Not the best is behind us, the best is yet to come. So let's put on the shoes today. If you are a worrier, there's hope today. If you have anxiety, there is hope today. If you're overwhelmed, there is hope today. And, and some of us, we guilt ourselves. We, we've gone through, oh man, I struggle with worry. I struggle with anxiety. And we guilt ourselves. We maybe shame ourselves and identify with this. But let me just, I want to flip that today for you. If you struggle with worry and you're like, oh, I'm such a worrier. Why do I worry so much? Let's change that today. Change it to, I'm, I'm such a worshiper. Let's flip worry to worship. Let's, let's flip our uncertainty that we have, that we're facing, that we're overwhelmed with to, hey, God's going to do something unexpected here. Let's, let's flip our anxiousness to adoration here. Because that's what I want, the picture I want for us this week. Last week, we put on the first shoe and we said, identify the lie. Now, I want to worship. Identify the lie. We saw, if you did that exercise this week, you saw how ridiculous those lies were. And now we're going to put the other shoe on and we're going to worship and we're going to advance forward and we're going to take ground. So if you're a warrior, I'm going to give you the keys to unlock worship in your life. You're going to be a great worshiper after the end of the day. Now, we already saw the verse. I'm going to go ahead and bring it up here again. This is the key. It's on my shirt, but we're going to unpack it. And thank you, Amanda, by the way, for making me this awesome shirt. Trust plus gratitude equals peace. Don't be anxious about anything. This is in Philippians chapter 4. Paul's writing this from a prison. Come on, Paul. Don't be anxious about anything. Listen, if you struggle with worry, if you struggle with anxiety, it doesn't make you less of a Christian. Okay, and I even shamed myself a little bit in my mind last week because I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor and I'm sharing and I shouldn't be struggling with this. I should be leading. No, it means you're human. Okay, it means you're human if you struggle with this. So don't fake it. Don't try to suppress it. Let's, let's, let's admit it and let's move forward. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, a thankful prayer, Present your request to God, and then he'll beat you up for it? No, no, not at all. You present, when you're anxious, pray, anxious, pray, anxious, pray, anxious, pray. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind. You want peace in your life. Prayer plus thanksgiving. Let's talk about these two. Let's talk about these two because this is going to be our, our cue. Now, I have the word trust on here. You're like, it said prayer. Well, what is, what is prayer? Is it not, God, I can't, but you can? God, I, there's a situation and I need your help and I'm going to you because I need your help and I'm trusting in you. Last week, I asked you guys to drop in the comments a favorite verse. This was so helpful. This was actually one of my favorite moments of the service. Drop in a comment of your favorite verse when it comes to dealing with peace and anxiety. And this might be related, but I want you to go ahead and do this. Drop in a verse that says God's in control. When, when you're struggling and things are so out of control, where, give me a verse. Give me that belt of truth that says God's got this, that God is, is in control. Every story in the Bible comes down to this right here. You, you, you look at every single 
story you see in the Bible, every encounter that, that someone has with God, it comes down to this issue of, they're right there, trust. Do I trust God or not? There's, there's um, conflict and tension in the Bible, and what are they going to do? And they either trusted him or they didn't. And the same goes for you and I. Do I trust him or do I not? And we've also been looking in this series during quarantine, Mark chapter 4, when the storm came. Jesus said, let's go to the other side. And the disciples got in. The other side was Gentile territory. If you know nothing about Jews and Gentiles, they didn't like each other. They did not mix. And Jesus said, let's go to the other side. I would have had a lot of questions for Jesus. Why are we going over there? We don't mix. We don't like them. We don't go there. We're Jews. But they go. And then, as soon as they go, a storm comes up. And they are freaking out. And they are overwhelmed. And they come to Jesus. They say, we're going to die. Don't you care, Jesus, that we're going to die? Jesus was asleep. And then Jesus calms the storm. And watch what he says to them. Watch what he says. He says, then he asked them, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, why did he rebuke them? He just calmed the storm. This is a story that shows that he's in complete control. This is, this is one of my favorite verses. Who, who's in control? God is. <laughs> there was a bigger storm raging in their hearts that had to deal with trust, that had to deal with faith. He's like, I calm the seas, but if you don't get the storm that's raging in your heart on who I am settled, it doesn't matter where we cross over to, where we're headed, you got to settle that one. Settle that one first. Trust in Him. And it's a choice. It's a choice that you and I make every single day. I can't, God, but you can. And so when the, when the conflict rises, when the conflict comes in, there's a the pastor who I love, Craig Rochelle. He says, anxiety. Anxiety is going to come up. Can't do anything about it. Makes me human. Pray. It is my trigger to pray. Not guilt myself. It is my, not condemn myself. It's my trigger to pray. And so my, I have to go back to that belt of truth. I'm going to put on the belt of truth and say, I'm going to pray God's word. There it is. I did it. We are about 40 minutes in. Happens every week. I love it. That was for you, Stephen. Only this time I'm going to clip it back in. We go back to the gospel. Go back to the gospel. That's where the good news is. And sometimes for me, I have to go back to the foundation of the resurrection. So first thing is trust. Second thing, gratitude. Where are you on the gratitude spectrum today? Most of us were blind to this, okay? You know this, if you have kids, when they receive a gift from somebody, you got you to teach them this, right? Someone gives them a present, someone gives them a gift, and then they go off to go play with it, but you stop them, you pause them, right? And what do you tell your kids? You're like, no, 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 no. You need to say, thank you. Something seems incomplete if they just receive the gift and they don't give thanks. Some of us, we're acting like kids. You need to stop that. Because God's been doing some great things in your life and we haven't stopped to give thanks. In fact, God just even does it in a different order. 
You really want to trust him. He, he's like, you don't get the gift and then say thank you. I mean, that, that's, that's how we do it in human terms. God's like, you say thank you first and then ask. You trust him before you see victory. You trust him before this. God, I trust you and I give you thanks on what you're going to do in advance. Before we ever meet in person, I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what you're going to do, but I know you're going to do something. I'm expecting you to do the unexpected, God. So I'm going to trust you. I'm going to give you thanks. So one of the ways you can overcome anxiety is praying and trusting him. But you don't forget that piece of Thanksgiving. There's two pieces, trust plus gratitude. So if you want um, to, to um, have that, I, I, would, I would suggest going through, just like we did, identify the lie, identify the things you're grateful for. I actually did this this past week, and I have this list that got a little bit wrinkled, a life-giving list. And I, if you want this, uh, go ahead and type in, um, uh, let's just type in the word overflow because this is worship and I want to worship out of the overflow. Type in overflow anytime during the comments here and I'll send you this list. This is made by a guy named Steve Cuss, C-U-S-S, -S, like the word cuss. But it's just, what are the things that God has given you that you love, that are just personal to you? And I, I've listed it about 20 to 30 different things. One of them is grilling. I'm going to grill tomorrow. I love to get outside and grill. I love to have a campfire. I love, this is, see, nothing's too trivial here, okay? This is so important. It doesn't have to be churchy. I love church stuff. I'm, I'm so thankful for solitude in my time with God and getting into that word. But you know what else I love? I love to golf. And one of my favorite shots in golf is about 100 yards out from the green. I get my little pitching wedge because it goes about 100. It's a nice, smooth swing. I love that shot. And I, when I was right now, I'm like, I love that. So I wrote it down. Now, here's what you do when you write your life-giving list. If you type in the word overflow, and I see some of you guys do that, we'll, I'll send you this exercise, okay? I'll send you the exercise. You write this out. Whenever you experience one of these items on your list, maybe it's popping popcorn the old-fashioned way on the stovetop, and you're like, you know what? I really enjoy that. Well, when you do it, pause for a moment and give thanks. Pause for a moment and say, thank you, God. That's a gift just for me. You have a father who gives good gifts and some of them are specific just to you. Make a note of what those are for you and give thanks to God and enjoy those moments. Today's message is about filling up. It is, this is worship. Why, why do I get peace from this? Because this is worship. You're crying out to God. You're trusting Him. You're getting into His Word saying, I can't, you can, you have the plan. You're God, I'm not. I've been seeing all your comments all week long. This is about trusting in God, that He can and I can't. And I love it. You're right on track. And we also give thanks. You want to up your peace level, you give thanks. Don't up your entitlement level. Oh, well, they, they should already be doing that for me. They get paid to do it, so it should have happened already. Uh, no. All right, you're not grateful if you feel entitled. I mean, just think about taxes. If you were to get your taxes back, all right, you don't write the government saying, you don't write the IRS saying, hey, IRS, thank you so much for giving me my tax return. No, why? Because you feel entitled to that. That's my money. You're giving me back my money. I'm not writing you a thank you note. When we feel entitled, we won't be grateful. So let's lower our entitlement and let's start being grateful and giving thanks. This fills you up. And especially in times of anxiety, 
this will really fill you up. Think about on the air on the airlines on an airplane. You know, back in the day when we used to when we used to fly on airplanes, they would always make the announcement as you're getting ready and you're taxiing on the runway. And in case the, of loss of cabin pressure, oxygen masks will fall down um, and put on the oxygen mask. And they also say if you are a parent, go ahead and put on your oxygen mask first, and then. Put on your child's oxygen mask. You get filled up first, so then you can go and help others. But I know me, my natural default is to go and help others first, go and help others first, go and help others first. And before I know it, I'm lacking oxygen and I have drained my cup. And I think the picture God wants you and I to get here today. You need to fill up and love out of the overflow. When you fill up like this, you will experience peace because you're worshiping God, your love for yourself. You're growing during this time. It's not fun, but you're growing during this time and it's growing your capacity to love others. I want to operate out of the overflow, not out of being drained. So this is a time to give thanks. I'm going through the storm right now. I don't understand why we're just going to the other side and out of nowhere. I didn't ask for this storm, but now I'm going to see you more clearly. I've got chains on that. I, I, I'm trying to break God. And I hear, I hear Paul calling all the way from Acts when he was in prison and in chains. And it was around midnight. And it says him and Silas, they were praying and they were singing hymns in the middle of their chains. And the other prisoners were listening. I hear Joshua not quite understanding clearly why. Why would this deliver me praise? Why would praise deliver me and give me victory over Jericho? That's not how you fight a battle, God. You don't fight battles with praise and singing. You don't fight battles with, with, with prayer and thanksgiving. That doesn't get me what I need. And God's saying, I'm trying to change your perspective here. You have it set in your ways on how things have done. And he says, take a lap around and give them praise and those walls will come down. And I'll give them another lap around the next day if I need to. I'll go on the seventh day, seven laps around. It doesn't make any sense, but I'll take another lap around trusting you and praising you because I believe that you're in control, God, and those walls are coming down. I hear, I hear Joshua saying, don't give up. Take another lap around. I hear David calling to you in times of uncertainty. David, who was called as a young boy, said, you're going to be the king. But he's hiding in caves, running for his life, afraid, scared, and uncertain, saying, don't give up. I hear Joseph, who had a calling on his life. He's in a pit and a prison saying, don't give up yet on God. These patriarchs, Abraham, who was told, go to a place and I'll tell you about it, who followed in faith, even though he was a hundred years old, there was no way that you're going to birth a nation out of him. But he's saying, don't give up on our God because he's doing something in this time. I need to trust him more. And for some of us, our anxiety levels during this time, we've only been in it for two months now. Think about it. It's only been two months now. And many of us, we're calling to go back to the days of old. I want to go back to normal. And I want to tell you, don't miss now. Don't miss the opportunity to give thanks now. This is a sacred moment in history, a chance for you and I to be a hope. And I'm not going to let my feelings, 
override my trust in God. In fact, there is something right now that God is doing in your life and my life. I don't want to be the person who's complaining, hey, I, want to, I wish we could go back to pre-quarantine days. Now we're in quarantine. And then when we go post-quarantine, you know what those people are going to do? They're going to be like, oh, if we could only go back to when we were in quarantine, when things were so simple, when we had it like this, when we had it like that. You know who you sound like? You sound like Israel when they were coming out of slavery from Egypt. God had delivered them. God was doing something in their midst, yet they begged to go back to slavery. And I don't want you to miss it. You know how Facebook gives you every now and then, it'll say, hey, two years ago, you posted this. Check this out. What if you took a picture right now? I want to challenge you right now. Take a picture right now. Where are you at right now? You're in your home. Maybe you're in your bed. Maybe you're in your kitchen. Maybe you're in your living room. But this is a moment right now to capture because this is where God's at. This is the place during quarantine where God did something. I don't want you to miss it. If you, if you feel like it, I wish you would. I wish you would because I want to see. I can't say it's so good to see James, and it was so good to see Mario. It was so good to see you guys in the pre, pre-service leader huddle. But I want to know, where's God working in your life? He's working in your home. He set up something here to say that God was here. This was the place I put my shoes on. This is the place where peace was. This is the place where growth happened. This is the place where hope was found. When everything was chaotic, I didn't miss the moment to give thanks to my God. This is where I found salvation. Some people have found salvation through their phone during quarantine. And I want to give thanks to God for what he's doing. Don't miss this moment. Don't miss the moment that this was the time you realized God started a church in my house. He planted a church in my house. And this is where I realized I'm not, I'm not learning something this, during this time. I'm being tested on everything I've learned in the past. I'm being tested right now to go and be the church. I'm filling up right now. I'm overflowing right now because there's someone on the other side. When we get through this storm, there's someone on the other side that needs to know this message of good news. And so I'm not banking on my feelings anymore. I'm trusting in the good news. I'm giving thanks for the good news because I know there's purpose. Did you miss that? Did you not see that? Let me go ahead and bring this up on the screen for you here because I don't want you to miss this. Don't miss this. Let me bring you back to Ephesians chapter 6. I'm getting excited. I better slow myself down as we round this out. As we round this out. (laughs) chapter 6. Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Right here. And with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the peace of the gospel. I'm going to bring this on over to the NLT here. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. Did you see that part? Fully prepared. Fully prepared for what? There's something to come for you. We're about re- we haven't taken a step yet. We're about ready to advance. And guess what? It doesn't. You need to. You need to put this on because here it comes next. The in addition of to all those things, hold up the shield of faith. Okay, so we're going to hold up a shield of faith. Why? Oh no! Fiery arrows are coming our way from the devil. Listen, there's something God has prepared for you, 
And I don't want you to go face fiery arrows that are going to come your way when you take a next step of faith without you being full in Him. So we need, this is all about worship. Today is a day for you to make a life-giving list and you build your relationship with God because there's somebody on the other side to be prepared. See, God has a purpose for you. That's why. That's why you need to be prepared. I'm not about your feelings. As your pastor, I, I care about you, but I care more about your purpose. I care more about your dream. And God has, he wants to fulfill that dream with you. And that takes a process. That is a process. It's like going to the gym, okay? We go to the gym and we go and work out, but you can't see immediate results from going to the gym. You know what I feel immediately after going to the gym? Sore. You know what I feel immediately after going to the gym? Like this was, this was too hard, sweaty, smelly, stinky. And when you put on the shoes of peace, you may not feel peaceful right away. It is a process of continuing to trust God, knowing that he's faithful, knowing that he's good, knowing that he's in control, knowing that he has a purpose for you. And then, and then, I mentioned these were go shoes. I mentioned these were go shoes. Jesus says this right before he leaves. This is final words. This is in Matthew. Matthew, an eyewitness to Jesus' life, death, resurrection. Matthew says, you got to know this. Therefore, say this with me. Put it in the comments. Go. Go. Go and make disciples. That's not just for pastors. That's for Christians. <laughs> in your home right now, you are called to go and make disciples. And that goes beyond just your family. Yes, go make disciples in your family, in your home. Go make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands. You want to worship God? Obey. He's going to, when you start trusting in Him and you start praying, you start worshiping Him, you start giving thanks, He's going to speak. And that final piece to peace is to obey. And you're living and walking in His will. Teach these new disciples to obey all my commands I've given you. And be sure of this. Be sure of this. He ain't gone. He's with you. God has your back. You're not alone on this journey. God himself is with you even to the end of the age. That's why I want a picture in your house because God's with you. I want to see what's he doing right now. R dirty roots and all. <laughs> shaggy hair and all, and God's doing an amazing work in your life because you put your shoes a piece on so you can be fully prepared. We got Love Week starting June 1. June 1 is Love Week. I want you loving Los Alamos out of the overflow. So it starts. I'm going to remember what's the lie. There is a lie that has taken place in my life. I'm going to identify the lie. If you haven't taken that exercise, do it. It's in our Freedom Online group. Second, I'm going to start praising and worshiping and praying and overflowing and giving thanks to God. I'm going to give thanks over and over and over again today. This is Thanksgiving week at Freedom Online. What am I going to do? I'm going to give thanks for anything and everything. I'm going to make a life-giving list. And then next week, June 1st, we're going to go love. And we're going to love out of the overflow. Not out of being drained, but out of the overflow. Why? Because Jesus, he's with you. Jesus, he's for you. And Jesus always wins. He's got your back. It's so good to know when somebody, when you're on the front lines, 
and you're you're giving it all. Not only are, are I'm not by myself. God has my back. And guess what? I have other people who are with me. We don't have to be physically together to go and love our community together. God's got your back. And we're going to look back on this time and say, man, this was a special time. This was a holy time. This was a sacred time. I didn't give up. I kept moving forward. And God's peace was there in the middle of all the pain. And you're facing some real pain. In the middle of all the uncertainty, I had a certain God. And there's a lot of uncertainty that you're facing. Amid all the panic and anxiety that's going on and our minds won't turn off, and I get it. I'm going to go back to the gospel. I'm going to go back to the good news, and I'm going to trust Him. And when you do this, the enemy, he doesn't stand a chance. Paul says, put on the armor of God. Put it on all, every piece, so you will be able to resist the enemy. And when the battle's over, and the battle will be over, you will be standing firm. See, your dream, your purpose, quite honestly, it's not about you. It's, I mean, it is about you because you get to participate in it. But it's so much better when you get to serve and, 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 and share that dream and make other people's dreams and see them capture their purpose too. To see them fall in love with Jesus, our only hope, and live a life for Him. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for our church. Fall in love with Jesus and then go love other people. That's what we're doing this week and next. Fall in love with Jesus. Next week, we're going to go put it to practice. We're going to put those shoes on and we're going to go see God doing a mighty work together. Let's pray. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the message today. I hope you felt inspired to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, leave a review or a comment or share this message. That really does spread the message further and faster when you do that. Secondly, if there's a next step that you need to take coming out of this, head on over to our website, click get involved, and let us know exactly how you can take your next step. We would love to partner with you in that. And finally, if you have been impacted in a positive way through our ministries or your family has been impacted in a positive way through our ministries, go on over to our website and click give. And if you want to partner with us financially, that would be huge in getting the message of Jesus out through our ministries. Thank you again for stopping by the podcast. Have a wonderful week. God bless.